Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Kunarian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I'm a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome. Hello, lovely listeners. If you're finding value in what you're hearing today, make sure to head over to the show notes. Not only will you find more details on today's topic, but you'll also get an exclusive invitation to join my free Facebook group, Awakened Souls. This community is perfect for women who are either super curious or currently journeying through recovery. Being part of Awakened Souls offers a supportive environment where you can connect with like-minded women, all working towards an alcohol-free lifestyle. Plus... There are special free gifts waiting inside the show notes, (laughs) curated specifically to empower and assist you on your journey. And if you're loving the content, I'd be so grateful if you take a moment to rate this podcast. Your feedback helps me continue bringing you the conversations and insights you love. Let's keep the momentum going. And remember, you are not alone on this journey. I am here to help you every step of the way. Today we're diving deep into the mysterious world of archetypes and self-awareness. Have you ever wondered why we often act against our best interests or find ourselves stuck in patterns that hold us back? Our guest today, Carolyn Wallace, an expert in archetypal consultancy, sheds light on how we can harness our inherent power to overcome self-sabotage and bring positive change into our lives. So if you've ever felt held back by your own actions or thoughts, this episode is tailor-made for you. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Shine Within podcast. Joining us today is Carolyn Wallace with two decades under her belt as a psychotherapist. Carolyn has honed her expertise as a certified archetypal consultant. (laughs) Her dedication lies in empowering women using archetypes as a transformative tool, guiding them to unearth their self-confidence, happiness, success, and to deeply connect with their individual life's purpose. Thank you so much for having you on my show today. I know we had a little hiccup at the beginning, (laughs) but hiccups are blessings, I always feel. That's right. Thank you for having me, Gina. Of course. And if we could just start by you explaining what archetypes are and how they play a role in our lives. Sure, sure. Well, archetypes, you know, I studied with Carolyn Mace and went through her certification program. So, you know, most of what I know about archetypes comes from her and her program. But she defines archetypes as uh, patterns of power, really patterns of uh, psychological and emotional patterns that exist in the collective unconscious. That when we become conscious of those patterns, we can start to see like, what's going on in our lives and then we can make start to make conscious choices about do we want those patterns to continue as they are or do we wish to evolve them to a higher state Um, because each archetype has its shadow side or its unevolved side and its lighter side it is more evolved side so if we're not conscious of our archetypes we tend to just walk around acting them out through their through their shadow sides through our default systems So it really makes a lot of sense that we get to know what archetypes are ours, which one we have, 
so that we can stop walking around in default mode and start really consciously creating our lives the way we want to be living them. That's right, because a creator created us, and it only makes sense that we start creating and including our archetypes and who we are and discovering exactly our essence of being here on the planet Earth. <laughs> right, it's, yeah. we really need to become aware of, of what we're doing. Exactly. Now, you have about 20 years of experience. What initially drew you to this uh, field of work? What initially drew me, you know, we were talking about archetypes earlier before we started recording. And, you know, I think from a very, very early age, I've always had uh, an ability to really listen well to people and to help people figure out what's going on with them. And um, I have the sage archetype, which is interesting. I have the sage archetype in my seventh house of the archetypal wheel, which means my one-on-one -on -one relationship. So it really just does seem to make sense that I would be a therapist and an archetypal consultant working one-on-one -on -one with people, supporting people to, to create their transitions from their shadow sides to their lighter sides. What are those shadow sides? Well, um, like for example, most of us, all of us really, like we've had times of self-sabotage, right? We've had times of feeling victimized or feeling like, oh, there's some oppressive force that is not letting me have this thing, right? That would be the victim archetype, mm -hmm. the saboteur archetype every person has. We've probably as adults even had temper tantrums like a child would, a child archetype if we're not getting our way or we're frustrated or we might slam something if we're not getting our way or Alternatively, we might feel like we have to do it all ourselves because no one else is going to help us. That's a, a different way the child archetype can express itself. We might have times of compromising ourselves, um, compromising our values because of fear that we might lose um, emotional safety or financial safety. So we might stay in a job way longer or a relationship then we know we should be there because we're afraid of what the consequence might be if we really stepped into our values um so those are some some ways that we can just by accident be living out through a default system through a shadow side right and now do you know that these shadow sides are different amongst like more of spiritual women uh versus like women who are not so spiritual is there a difference i think the shadow sides are are this probably the same or similar for for everyone what right. makes a conscious person different is that they kind of look at those patterns and say oh you mean I actually have a choice maybe I don't have to live in fear and make choices that compromise my values or maybe I don't have to walk around having a temper tantrum you know as an adult and those are the people that can start thinking about what is the light side of this archetype maybe I can stop doing this thing that doesn't serve me or anyone around me and maybe I can start doing something that is more helpful more helpful to myself more helpful to the people around me the people that I love and start living from that place that's what we're looking for here and I love that. Yeah, I always say we have a choice, you know, we always have a choice. So when for for example, I'm just going to use myself as an example. I had the biggest fits. Obviously, I, you know, was, was alcoholic for many, many years. During my episodes, I should say, I didn't have the awareness because the alcohol numbed everything, of course. But it when I was going through recovery, I was becoming more aware of my behaviors, my thought patterns, my actions, everything. And it's like the different levels of consciousness that we have as well. And what's interesting is that 
I was taught to stop and then just to observe the way I'm feeling. What's going on within me? Like, okay, why am I feeling angry all of a sudden? You know, is it something that someone said to me? Did it like, uh, uh, did my mom rub me in the wrong way when I spoke to her on the phone earlier? You know, different things like that. And just taking that time to just stop and then bringing that awareness to observing why you're like that. Because I know a lot of people say, yes, we're not our emotions. We're not our thoughts. We're not this. We're not that. We're just are like a spiritual being trying to do the best that we can on the planet earth with the conditions that were given to us growing up, which is, that's another whole, another podcast that we can get into. Yeah. But um, I've noticed that awareness does play a big, big role. And it is a choice. Like you had mentioned that we can choose to stay in this anger, or we can work on becoming a little bit more happier, a little bit like even just taking it a level, a notch level to just like tuning that notch a little bit so that way you're a little bit happier somehow, mm-hmm. some way. And there's always ways. <laughs> Do you find different ways that uh, that create happiness for people? What you were just talking about, and it is answering your question, is so in this work that I'm familiar with and I am trained in, there are three levels of consciousness. We call them chronos is your default system. You were talking about why am I angry? Just walking around being angry. So that's your default where we get triggered. We act out of our trigger. And then what you were just saying is, well, maybe I can start thinking about this and not behaving in such an angry way and start figuring out what's going on. That's you coming into the level of consciousness called the Kairos level of consciousness. And Kairos is where we can just take a moment and stop living from our defaults and saying, I want something different here. You, you, you bring your, your personal intention to deliberately change something in the Kairos level of consciousness. We can do it collectively as a society or as a society or individually as just, you know, ourselves. And so that's, that's exactly what you were saying. That's exactly what you were doing, maybe without having the terminology of Kronos Kairos. And then the highest level of consciousness is called the cosmic level of consciousness in this work. And that's where through all of our efforts, all of our hard work to do better, you know, to not be an addict in the shadow and to really embrace the addict in the light, which is a beautiful, beautiful archetype to have an addict in the light, which I can talk about if you want to. Um, But it's when the gifts from the universe come that we can't control the cosmic level of consciousness come, like kind of rides in on the coattails of all of our efforts to do better. But like true forgiveness, true compassion, you know, the true love, those come from the universe as gifts to us from the cosmic level. But they don't really come that often unless we're really working our program or whatever it is we need to be doing, our efforts in the Kairos. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that because I didn't know those terms, by the way. <laughs> I just know there was different levels of consciousness. And, and so thank well, you so much for explaining systems, that. Different systems define them differently, but yes. 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 Makes sense though. Yeah. I, Cause I noticed, yeah, you wanted to talk a little bit about the, the addicts and the light. Can you please share what your experiences with that, or maybe you've worked with some women or even men? Sure. sure. Um, so, well, you, what you talked about the addict in, well, there's so it, it shows up very individually. So these archetypes are very impersonal. They're just archetypes. Just because someone has an addict archetype does not mean anything more than someone who doesn't have the addict archetype. They're very impersonal. But when we start to apply them to our own lives, they become very personal to us. So ultimately, an addict in the shadow kind of wants 
once the to feel better, once the illumination, once the enlightenment, without going through all of the work, right? They want the high, they want whatever it is that the substance, whatever substance it is, brings, whether it's shopping or something they ingest. So they want that first. And it creates all kinds of chaos in their lives. They might feel better at first and God love them. They're want they're doing it because they want to feel better, right? But then it creates all kinds of chaos and that's just not what we want. So that would be an addict in the shadow. But an addict in the light as you're starting to 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 step into your kairos level of consciousness and say, "Wait, I don't want this life anymore. I want to do better." Imagine like a razor's edge and the addict has to just really walk that razor's edge with so much self-awareness that they know and they have to be so humble because they know one step to this side they can be right back in their addiction right mm -hmm. and then one step to this side they can be a mentor and a compassionate support for other people who are still on that path so it's this constant self-monitoring of themselves of their behavior of their emotions knowing with great humility that um they can either be a model and a support for the, for other people, keeping themselves in the straight and narrow, or they could fall right back into chaos. And knowing that it's it's just a beautiful, beautiful archetype to have because it takes so much awareness and effort to stay on that path. And then that brings all kinds of lovely awareness and self-compassion to society, which the society really needs. So this archetype has a lovely trajectory to, to be a supportive, integral part of the society that we all need. Right. And you mentioned that we have 12. Is that correct? Each person, according to the system, has 12 archetypes, right? Right. And then, then there's about four that, as a conscious collective we have about four or five, four so. that are the same for everyone, mm -hmm. according to the system. And there are other systems, but according to this, there are four that are the same for everyone. They're the prostitute, the child, the saboteur, and the victim. Mm -hmm. We all have those. And then the eight others are individual to each of us. Now we can create archetypes as well. Like for example, I was taught about self-confidence and I know you have a listener's gift here is that called the divine feminine for confidence meditation uh and that is on your website <laughs> yeah. yeah and where you can tap into being that person whether it is wanting to be more confident whether it is feeling to be more grounded perhaps even more spiritual or just even knowing your higher self or even getting into more of the cosmic realm I should say so for me it was always about confidence and that's why I drank is because I didn't have a lot of confidence within myself because I always I was conditioned you know uh, not to feel not to really think for myself not to do any of that it wasn't until I said okay I don't have to believe what everyone else is telling me what to do what to say that I started thinking for myself and I'm like you don't have to believe what everyone else is saying about me. Yeah. let me just yeah. believe what I'm saying about me and I needed to change my my words because I was talking to myself negatively I noticed I was just still putting myself down and so that tapping into that confidence um I think you had mentioned like diva before and getting into it and also recognizing like my mentor told me like just pretend you're playing a role you know what do what does that person eat what is that person how do they speak how do they walk how do they dress how do they you know just be in their own surroundings uh everywhere they go right we can try on the qualities that we wish to have in ourselves we try them on we practice them that's right 
Yes, that's what my meditation is about to help women try on what it would be like to walk into a room and feel very confident or to have boundaries that they need or whatever it is because we're trying that on we even if a, a a divine feminine or a goddess or a diva archetype isn't one of our inherent 12 we have access to all of them we just have to invite that archetype in and let it work within us Right. Now, your personal journey has been both challenging, of course, inspiring. Can you just share a little bit about your turning point when you discovered your own archetypes and how it shifted shifted your own perspective? Sure. So my own journey with archetypes started when I was in an unhappy marriage and um, I had already uh, bought the self-paced program for archetypes. I'm always interested in all things spiritual all the time. And um, I was in an unhappy marriage taking care of two young children um, by myself. Uh, I was married, but my partner was never home, never around. I was doing all of the work with these young kids and, you know, just not, it just wasn't the life I had thought I had signed up for, although probably it really was. Um, and when I started learning about the victim archetype, I realized I was totally living in the victim mode in the shadow without being conscious of it. I was talking to all my friends about how terrible everything was, and they were really supporting me and getting on board saying, yeah, that sounds really bad. You should be really, really mad at him, you know, and I was just getting all of this love for being a victim, right? And um, it was just, just affirming that. And when I realized that, whoa, like I have to take the reins here, I have to stop being a victim and I have to start doing something to empower myself. Otherwise, nothing is ever going to change. Nothing is ever going to change. And the trajectory of the victim archetype goes through what we call the warrior archetype. And the warrior archetype has boundaries. And the warrior archetype can protect herself. Um, the warrior archetype doesn't go to war, doesn't go to war and start like, you know, hurting other people. Although I have to admit that was part of my journey. And that's just another side of the victim in the shadow, not necessarily hurting other people, but when I got so boundaried that it was to a fault. So my own journey, like the pendulum was swinging this way and then it was swinging this way. So um, I took on a warrior quality and over the course of about a year, I wound up developing the courage I needed to step into the guardian of self-esteem which is the highest light of the victim archetype. And with my self-esteem intact, um, able to, to change my, my situation. That's so. wonderful. Yes, yes. Because we have access to it all, you know, and it's the same thing as with, all, with drinking. I had to set boundaries when I got sober. I had to say, okay, I was trying to not be triggered, <laughs> the word that we use, triggered. But yeah. that means setting those boundaries. If someone's saying, hey, let's go out here. I'm like, you know what? I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to say no. <laughs> Just you because. You love yourself more, right? And make right. a choice. You have to make a choice. And that's when it did start hurting people because then they were realizing they were losing their drinking buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. that's, you know, maybe they'll have to then either have awareness on themselves like hey maybe I should stop drinking to stop drinking as well or you know do some other activities that don't involve drinking good <laughs> good yeah so and I know how, about those boundaries uh-huh and that you just what you were just saying made me think a little bit of the prostitute archetype which also was very present when I was um in my marriage but the prostitute it's not not anything terrible it's not anything like we're selling our bodies for sex although it could be that but it's more like we're compromising our our values 
so that we don't lose something. So if your friend is saying, hey, come out and drink with me, you did not say yes, even though there was a, a danger of you losing that friendship, right? So your prostitute archetype in the shadow might have said, well, I don't want them to be mad at me. I want to keep that. I want to stay safe. I want to stay socially safe and still fit into this group. So in the shadow, you might have just done the thing, even though it compromised your value of staying sober. But what you were doing was becoming the guardian of faith, which is the prostitute archetype in the light and saying, I need to hold true to my values and I need to have faith and trust that staying true to my values is going to be the right decision for myself and what you just said earlier maybe you could even be a model for someone else whether you are or not we can't control that but the faith that you holding true to your values is going to enlighten the whole situation so um yeah maybe maybe you were a model for that person and maybe not but you know yeah you planted that seed Exactly. I'm all about planting seeds, you know, because I can never change anyone. I just like to plant seeds and then they need to change themselves. It's up to the individual. <laughs> and that's what I you. love. I mean, that's a perfect example of the prostitute in the light. Yeah. Yeah. I love that too. Oh, I'm just learning everything about archetypes. I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> um, so, but in your experience, what are some common misconceptions and misunderstandings people have about archetypes? Well, some people think that archetypes, um, that they're stuck in the shadow sides they're stuck in you know that like oh i have the bully archetype and i just get mad all the time you know i just get mad and i plow over people and there's that's just part of my personality there's nothing i can do about that you know something like that or i have the addict archetype so i will never be able to get sober and or it's too hard to change it's too hard to evolve mm -hmm. the archetype is another misconception and so what i would say is yes we are stuck with our archetypes but we are not stuck with the shadow side of our archetypes and is it hard to change some of these yes actually it is but isn't it harder to not change them and to continue living in the default patterns which means your life if we continue living in our default patterns your life is going to look exactly the same in five or 10 years as it does right now. And if your life is great, then that's great. But if there's some things that you want to shift and there's some things you want to look at and not have be the same in five or 10 years, we have to start thinking about how to evolve these archetypes. Yeah. So what are some practices, would you say that one can do in order for them to start becoming more aware of those shadow archetypes? Well, first you would look at a place where you're stuck or you're unhappy or things aren't going the way you would like them to go. And then if we think about the survivor archetypes, the four archetypes that we all have in common, according to Carolyn Mace, um, just see, are you, are you, are you embodying more a child archetype or a victim archetype or a saboteur? Are you self-sabotaging or are you being a prostitute where you're compromising yourself? And this is both for men and women. And if you can identify, most likely all of them are present to some degree, but if you can identify which one is the most prominent for you, you can think about, oh, what's the trajectory of this archetype from its shadow, which I am like now kind of stuck in, and what does it look like if I were going to evolve it? And just knowing that and then saying, oh, I could actually make a plan for how I'm going to get out of this. And you would maybe you know, do this on your own or talk to a friend about it or read some books or go to a therapist or go to an archetypal consultant to really help you along that path. But that would be your first step. 
Yes, yes. Now you conduct workshops. Now, can you share a success story from either one of your clients or workshops where understanding archetypes led to a profound transformation? Oh, so many. I have so many stories. You know, I've had clients who have left jobs that they really needed to leave, but were too afraid to leave. I've had clients start speaking up more in their workplaces, which was really, really scary for them and either wound up having to leave that job or transforming the culture of the workplace that was more friendly, like to whatever it is that they were trying to change. I've had people create so many different changes, relationships, ending relationships that weren't working, starting new relationships that, um, that, that they really were trying so hard to manifest, but something there wasn't working, just so many different things. Wow, yes, I'm sure there's tons of stories. Once they start discovering who they are and the different archetypes they do have, then they just want to tap into each of those and discover more and more. And I think 2020 was an example of people discovering what they love doing because we had so much time on our hands just to discover and to read more books, you know, spend more quality time with family. I know it was a scary time as well. Uh, people were panicking, but I think a lot of them, that well, ones that I know anyway, have learned to learn their gifts and started creating their own businesses. Like you're mentioning about getting out of their work environment that they thought was perhaps even toxic, but going into their gifts and then just really becoming themselves. And like for myself, like I didn't even know I liked cooking until 2020. <laughs> No, I love cooking. <laughs> and That's a good use of your time. Yeah. Yes. Not only am I happy, but the ha family is fed and they're happy as well. <laughs> really great use of your time instead of being just consumed with fear or consumed with boredom and scrolling on your phone. You created something more. You created so more of yourself could be expressed. And I think what you're saying is a lot of people did that. Yeah, they did. Now, for someone just beginning to explore their archetypes, you know what? What advice would you offer, or on how, how to where and how to start? Um, so you can start looking online. Uh, there's lots of books about archetypes. Um, Sacred Contracts is the book that Carolyn Mace wrote. There's also a book called, oh, I'm not going to remember right now. It's uh by Brian Dale. I forget what it's called, um, but it's, oh, I wait, I have it right here. Let me just look for a minute. Sure, no Archetypes Unmasking Your True Self by Brian Dale. That's another good one. And there's lots of resources online. And just start thinking about, just start thinking about what really resonates for you. And that's how you wind up picking your archetypes. Um, there's a link called the Gallery of Archetypes that Carolyn Mace has put out. It's a free link. And so look that up. I mean, you're not confined to that. There's lots more archetypes out there, but start thinking what really resonates with you. What has been like a pattern since childhood, you know, and then we, then we talk about um, your, your, doing your chart of origin, where once you decide what your 12 are that have been patterns of yours since childhood, we cast them into an archetypal wheel, which is the same, about the same as an astrological wheel. So one archetype falls in each house of your archetypal wheel. And then we really have a lot of information about, like, for example, I said, I had sage in my seventh house. So that means, you know, in, in the light, I can be very good at one-on-one, -on -one, uh, one-on-one -on -one connections and, and helping people to transform consciousness or become more aware of themselves. In the shadow, it can look like using like my know-it-all attitude to tell people what they need to be doing. So hopefully I'm not doing that, but that's a potential, you know, because we have shadow and light with all of them. 
So um, yeah, so if people are interested in just doing some research, trying to figure out what resonates for them, I mean, that might be really good enough to start. And if they want more, they want to say, I want to know what archetype is in my house of money, or, you know, I'm really having trouble with my family of origin. Maybe I want to know what's in my family of origin house. Then they might want to consult an archetypal consultant to really help them dig deeper and dive deeper into those particular issues with whatever archetype happens to fall in that area. And that's where Carolyn comes in, right? <laughs> where can uh, where can anyone who wants to work with you or follow you, where can they find you? Um, go to my website, which is yourradiantlife.net. Wonderful. And I will have that in the show notes as well. But lastly, any anything else you'd like to share? Last thoughts? You know, the last thoughts I would like to share is that you know, if you have, which we all do, of course, because the saboteur is one of the universal ones. So if you have some kind of a um, problem with self-sabotage, whether it's exercise or eating or relationships or whatever it is. So we all have that, but also know that inside of you, you also have access to the light side of that archetype or any of these. So if you have access to this, the part of you that self-sabotages, you also have access to the part of you that can make choices, you know, incremental choices to help improve your life. You all have access to that. We all have access to that. So even though you feel like you're stuck, you actually have a great amount of power available to you to transform things. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it's so true. It was a pleasure having you on my show, Carolyn. I appreciate you and just continue what you're doing. Thank you for spreading love and light to the world. Thank you, Gina. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you. To my cherished listeners, from the very depths of my heart, thank you. Every single one of you who've showered me with those warm five-star reviews, your kindness shines so brightly. And if you haven't yet, know that your voice and support always matter. Your unwavering love has lifted us onto Feedspot's esteemed list of best women's sobriety podcasts, and it truly warms my heart. With immense love and care, I've created something for you as well. Introducing the Overcoming Challenges mini course, crafted especially with the intention to guide and support you through life's varied phases, because we all deserve gentle guidance as we navigate life's tides. Furthermore, I have two heartfelt gifts for our listener family. One is a seven-day challenge, a tender beginning for those curious about sobriety, and the other, a personal sharing from my journey, six-step blueprint to an alcohol-free life. This encapsulates the loving steps I took, I embraced beyond AA and the traditional 12 steps that have nurtured my own sobriety journey. To embrace these tokens of gratitude and love, simply text GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, to 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's G-I-F-T at 1-855-649-6196. With all my love and deepest gratitude, I cherish each and every one of you.